Okay, hello, hello. We are here with another Kojuran's Fireside Chat. I'm Sandro Mancuso, I'm here with Jose Huerta, Mashuk Badar, and today we picked another topic that will be culture of learning. And as always, like if you're enjoying these conversations, give us the thumbs up, register to the channel, and suggest the next topic. So to kick us off, so culture of learning, I think a good place for us to start is how do we even define that? Right. What, what is culture of learning when companies want to drive, like, oh, we want to have a culture of learning? What does it even mean? I can I can start and Jose, from, no, from my point it. of view, uh, culture of learning is about knowledge, skill, capability that you need within your people in your organization. So you're trying to create a, a culture where that flourishes, that people learn from each other, they, they discuss, and through that, there is a common body of knowledge that exists among that community, let's say. I, I, I think that it goes a bit beyond that because there is an aspect of learn behavior, yeah, and the ability to, to learn and all of these things, but uh, there's also a set of values that are part of that kind of culture, right? Like there's something driving uh, the way that people uh, learn to some extent. And uh, that's also an, an important aspect, I would say, uh, from that. Now it's like, what do people actually value and, and what guides their behaviors? Because if you look at it, you know, cultural learning, like if you try to compare I don't know, an organization that you think has, you know, a culture of learning with another organization that you think has a culture of learning, they, they may manifest very differently, right? But when you look underneath the behaviors, uh, you'll find that there are lots of similarities around, you know, what they believe to be, uh, you know, the, the important things, no, or the other priorities or this, this shared understanding, no, independently of how that gets realized. I don't know if, if it makes sense. I'm just trying to understand uh, what you're saying because there are, for me, two aspects. One, when, every time we talk about culture, for me, there's it doesn't matter what the managers or the company say uh, that about their culture. For me, like culture is almost like like the collective behavior. So, so it's like for example, there are a lot of individuals, and 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 the collective behavior of those individuals is what manifests as a culture in a way, but, mm -hmm. that, but that can be impacted or influenced by the environment that is the company. So that can suppress or redirect or reshape in a way. But for example, you cannot establish like a culture of learning if the individuals themselves, they, it will be, well, it will be harder to establish a culture of learning company-wide if the individuals themselves don't have that in them it's 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 actually really interesting uh, kind of thinking about the word culture because we take it we borrow it from people culture right culture in communities um so so looking at i'm just i was just thinking right what what is you know what kind of culture do you have like as a community right and it's a mindset there might be traditions related to it there might even be history related to it um there might be ceremonies and traditions, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, like if we if we want, we can we can go into one of the definitions of of, of let's say organizational culture, right? Where you know when you get a group of people that um, for that are together for a period of time, you no. Know, and as they have to deal with, you know, external factors and internal factors within the group, right? There are certain things that work and they learn that, right? And then they teach that to other people who join the group and that's sort of how it kind of evolved, right? So that learned behavior is what I would call uh, the, the culture of the organization. It's completely, it's changing all the time, right? Um, so this is this is where you see things like you know this is the the way that we've always done things here or you know you there's a certain way of uh, an operating system if you will for the organization that nobody knows exactly what it came from but uh, but it's there and once you 
you can sort of feel it, learn it, and and kind of evolve it, right? And then within that, there's um, uh, you know Edgar Chain's three levels of of culture, right? Where you have the artifacts. Right, these are the the things that you can easily see. Right, like I don't know if you're in an agile company, like post-its on the wall, or you know, uh, dailies or stuff like that. Right, uh, which of course we all know that does not mean that you are, you know, just because you're doing dailies and you're putting post-its on the wall doesn't mean that you're agile. The same way that you know, just because you have communities of practice doesn't mean that you have a learning uh, a culture of learning. Right. Yeah. Um, and then underneath that, you have uh, the values. And as, as I was saying before, there's this area where you know there's certain things that people still talk about, like you know, um, I don't know, uh, pragmatism or or, or grow, no, um, grow mindset or th this kind of stuff, which is still part of the vocabulary, right? Uh, and a lot of companies have these spouse values, right, that are not necessarily the the actual values of the company right there's the stuff that they put on the wall versus the stuff that actually is right yeah um mm -hmm. and then underneath that you have what i would say is the core of <laughs> no? which is the unchallenged assumptions right these are just you know we've always done things this way or th these are things that people don't talk about you just you, you just get it from you know being there, right, and and learning from being there, um, and I and I feel that uh, in itself makes it really hard. No, when you're trying to affect a change in that way, or you're trying to create a culture of learning, because uh, there are many things that you can uh, easily affect. Things like the artifacts, right? Like you could say, you could go somewhere and say, well, from now we're going to have you know brown bag lunches, and we're going to you know people are going to present, and but at at that level, you're working at the most superficial level, right? Like you're you're working on the practices, right? Or on, on the things that companies who have that culture do, right? And expect to some extent to be able to modify others, no? the, the, the ones that are below. So uh, again, it's it's a bit, it, it's a social phenomenon, uh, no? in a sense. And uh, as such, it's really, <laughs> really, difficult to to really pinpoint it like these are the things that you need to do you now in order to to create that i don't know what, what do you guys think i have actually a question you, you mentioned artifacts values and assumptions and i totally get artifacts i get values which is you know values are almost like distillation of the behaviors right the mindset um, mm -hmm. um and then you have the unchallenged assumptions Mm -hmm. And often when people want to, you know, establish a culture of learning within their organization, what they are talking about is a basic set of a way, ways of working that are effective, right? And, and the, the mindset and the knowledge. So where does the w way of working fit in there or ways of working fit in there, right? Because I won't classify that as artifact. That's not values. Oh, I, I would probably... Uh, I would classify it as as artifact as well. Yeah. So if we say, uh, so th there's a, it really depends, right? Because and this is the you know the consultant answer, right? Like you're covered. Depends, right? Um, <laughs> but basically, if you're talking about ways of working, some ways of working come with a set of values, right? Like if you're, uh, and again, I'm taking this a little bit away from from the topic which is you know culture of learning right but in a sense you know agile is also trying to instill a culture of learning it's that feedback loop it's that you know inspect and adapt and so on right so uh, some of these ways of working already have identified certain values yeah or uh, let's say yeah so it's a description yeah of which values a culture where these ways of working can thrive should have. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so when you go to you know Agile, uh, you know, like to Scrum or XP or whatever, right? Like they they come with a set of values, right? And what they're saying is, you know, if you already have these values, this is this is going to fit very well with the way that you want to work. Mm -hmm. Right, and if you don't, then you get all of these clashes and all of these, you know, problems where where the practice gets perverted. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so it's it's a combination of those two, right? Like it's like 
practices. No, the, the this is what you need to do. And then maybe there's an aspect of you know values at the at the second level where you know if it's well defined, things like you know Kanban and so on, they only focus on on the values, right? And there's a couple of practices, but it, it mostly tells you you know work on this stuff, no, and then the practices will kind of you know emerge as long as you're taking care of these five things, you know move forward, you know, like do whatever you want that fits within that framework. No? And for me, that's that's the thing. Does yeah. that, uh, you know, does that make sense for you, Matt? Because you, you have the question, so. Not 100%. You kind of lost me there because we kind of went into two different things. There is a learning organization and cultural training because you mentioned agile is a culture of learning. Uh, based on feedback and that is more like a learning organization and this is where I'm kind of thinking exactly what do we mean uh, by this now because learning on one end is through feedback and having that fast feedback loops and all that kind of stuff and being able to act on it that's one area when we talk about culture learning I'm more to uh, maybe where I was was more thinking about uh, knowledge acquisition a creating a collective mindset so, right that, that or, or a community of that that kind of thing that's where i was i was actually coming coming from i, I was coming from that point as well mesh but i actually found very interesting what jose said because i never thought i never associated the feedback loops that you try to to establish with agile practices right feedback loops at all levels like you mentioned kanban you mentioned uh maybe uh process method uh, agile processes agile methodologies that are more focused on the process or agile methodologies that are more focused on the technical side but at the end of the day always there's a short feedback loop inspect and adapt and, and i didn't associate the inspect and adapt as a as a learning organization, which is tr truly is once you say so, yeah, of course it is, but but mm -hmm. I, I never put on the same bucket, let's say. And this leads me to the, 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 the topic, for example, when people talk about culture of learning, uh, what, what are they talking about? Because this is an interesting one that Jose brought in that I was not considering. There is the, the short feedback loop, and there are even things like innovations or experiments and stuff. So this is a culture of learning at a more organizational level, which is a, a very valid and it should happen. And we don't really pay much attention to it. And then there is the other two uh, that I had in mind. And, and sometimes they are in conflict and that's what I wanted to actually explore. For example, one side is like what people want to learn. Each individual, they want to learn different things, right? And they might want some formal time to do that. They say, no, it would be good for us to have some time so that we can learn. But, but that's one side of it. It's what they individually want to learn. Another thing is what the company wants to learn. And that leads a little bit more towards Jose, not, not all the way towards the agile method, but for example, a company that wants to introduce a new product or a new technology stack or a new strategy. So they might want to get... Uh, learning in that area. So, for example, when the company wants to invest in a culture of learning, they would like their people to learn skills in order to apply those skills back into the business. And there, and sometimes there is a misalignment between what people want to learn formally and what the company needs them to learn formally. Yeah, I think that's where I was coming from, from a capability, skills, knowledge perspective, is that when organizations are talking about culture of learning, they're talking about equipping their people so they're effective in, in, in doing their job, right? So of course we can talk about the learning organization, but I think we can park that maybe for another time because that's a much bigger topic on itself, but more about a culture of learning in terms of creating a, a mindset and a, or, uh, or ways of learning within the organization that 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 help that it's about learning from each other isn't it i mean that's what because when we talk about cultural learning often one of the first things that comes to mind is communities of practice mm -hmm. and it's and often when people talk to us about establishing a technical a good technical culture of learning 
we talk to them about communities of practice. We talk to them about how you seed those communities of practice and how you make them a success, right? Uh, now that might not be the only thing, but that's the vehicle that we use. And then those communities of practice are aligned towards the kind of capabilities that we want, right? We may have a technical community of, of practice for, you know, I don't know, software development practices. We may have one on product uh, ownership or product management. We might have one on, on project management, you know, those uh, uh, analysis, UX, this kind of thing. So these are all capabilities or bodies of knowledge and skills that we want people to come together, the like-minded people and support each other in learning and actually doing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And the, there, there's a thing there, Mash, around, because you were mentioning the learning organization, right? And I would say uh, I was not referring exactly to the learning organization, although the underlying stuff is pretty much the same. It's about learning. Only this, the scope or the scale at which you're learning, it's a lot bigger, right, than, than maybe what we're talking about, no? But the, um, the mechanics of it, how that happens, even at the individual level, right, are the same. There is a feedback loop that is happening there, yeah, the if you want to call it, you know, PDCA or or whatever. No, it's like you you plan, you do something, you learn from that, and then you know, like you you react to that, and that's how you learn individually, right? Like when you're doing katas, that's kind of like the process that you are going through, right? Like you're going through that reflection of you know doing the practice and, and learning from it and so on, right? Uh, when you do that in teams or in you know in communities of practices in, in group, you're also doing that. Yeah, the the uh, difference maybe is that you're uh, going through that cycle and you're making sense. So that analysis part or that understanding part, it happens at the group level. Yeah, where for instance, something that you think it's good, no, uh, may not be uh, good for someone else in there, or they may have different experiences from doing exactly the same thing and so on. And that's you know that group learning aspect. Is happening, but that is one of the the skills that in order to get a, a, a learning organization, right? And in order to innovate and in order to like do all these things, right? So the practice of having communities, right, and and uh, for a community to to a, to be you know a, a community of practice for me, it has to have three things, right? Like it needs to have. Uh, uh, a focus at, at the main. No, this, this is the part that you were you know, like. This is you know we're gonna focus. We're gonna learn, or we're gonna uh, learn about the practice of this thing, right? Like it doesn't learn about anything. It just you know it brings people together, right? Then there's the community aspect, which a lot of people forget about, like you know the connection and the social aspect uh, of it. And then there's the practice aspect, and this is another mistake that a lot of people. Uh, make no when uh, we're gonna start doing communities of practice and then suddenly you know get you get speakers coming in every day or you know whatever but uh, there's no practice being done right it's just someone delivering content or is someone just uh, you know not so so those aspects for me are are kind of essential and they are they are all part of that learning cycle no mm -hmm. You, I, I don't know, Mesh, if you would like to expand on that, but because there are, there are, I would like you to, to change the focus a, a little bit. Uh, there are normally, first, two different types of uh, requests, let's say, uh, that people come to me. So, sometimes there are the developers themselves or technical people themselves, uh, when they say, like, how can I, uh, create a culture of learning in my organization. It's coming from the developers, from the, or, or the, the technical people, or from the teams and so on, right? And sometimes the request comes from the company. The company comes, and the company I see, like someone is heading the department or a team, and so it's like, I would like to instill a culture of learning. And, and, and they are very different types of perspectives to the same thing, but they have different problems, I, I feel. And I would like to explore uh, a little bit, for example, if we tackle from the individual perspective. And I would like to make a correlation. If you take from the, the individual perspective first, that would like more formal time to learn, 
right? That's that's where they are normally coming from. I would love to have more time so that I can learn. Yeah. Uh, so here is where I'm conflicted, and and I'll tell you why I'm conflicted. There is the software craftsmanship mindset, and, and one thing that is extremely strong in the craftsmanship mindset is career ownership. Right. So. There is a very good book I heard. It's called The Software Craftsman, right? So it covers both sides, by the way. So, so, but 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 it's funny because like uh, nicely plugged. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> nice. So I heard it's quite good. The but but for example, in one I spend like most of the time talking about career ownership, saying, look, you know what? You should not wait for a company to buy you a book or to create formal time. If you want to learn something, you should not be limited by the time that your company gives or the space the company creates. So if you want to invest in your career, so then you should invest in your own career. So so these, this distinction is important for me because when I want to learn something that is specific for myself, right, for my own career, I, I feel that it's uh, fair that I use my own investments, my own career. Not everything that I want to learn is applicable at work. So I think that I'm trying to get is like being a professional is like who pays for my learning, right? So for example, but if I if I if, if what I want to learn is aligned to the learnings of the company, that's when it is the best case scenario. For example, I want to learn something that is very useful to where the company is going or what they need and stuff. This is a much easier conversation to have because then there is an investment from both sides right so it, it makes sense from a company's perspective to, to to invest and create that space that people can learn stuff but whatever they are trying to learn needs to be aligned to to what they want to do so so this is why i think that for example i had a conversation very recently with a company and, and there was a group of people in there and developers, tech leads, managers and stuff. And some developers will say, no, but I want to learn these and that. And, but I don't want to use my weekends to learn that. And that for me, it shocked me in a way. Because, and I had to say, I could not hold my tongue in a way. I said like, okay, so let, let me get this straight. So you as a software professional cannot justify to yourself to invest your own time and money to learn something that you really want to learn so you yourself don't cannot justify your own time and put your own time and money to learn something that you really think that is important and want to learn, but you want someone else to pay for it. So how does that work? See, see what I'm saying? So, and this is a scenario where there is a misalignment. So I want you to be very clear in the distinction of me trying to learn some things that are not necessarily aligned to what the company needs as a professional. And this is why I'm conflicted. But on the other hand, I'll finish my point very quickly. On the other hand, I feel that it's extremely important for companies to create a space so that the people can learn because the more that their people know, the better that they are at what they do, the better it will be for the company, as long as those skills are applicable back to the company. Otherwise, it makes no sense. So. I'm going to kind of widen this a bit because to me, actually a culture of learning, when we talk about culture of learning, we talk about within the company, maybe events and things that are happening or the communities of practice within the company. And I think it's wider than that because actually that will just create a, a kind of slightly larger echo chamber. There are things as an individual, there are things that you can learn on your own, right? In your own time as well or, or not. So the, then there are things that you can only learn within a community, right? In, in fact, a lot of the tacit knowledge that exists, you have to, so the, I'm kind of thinking back towards like, you know, when we were working as software developers and we were engaged in communities within and outside work, right? But I think not only did we benefit from that, so having both internal and external communities because they were they had different types of focus as well but the company itself benefited as well because we were bringing in knowledge and ways of working and mindsets from other communities that we were 
externally part of into back into the the uh, organization as well. And so I think it's important that we we create that mindset within individuals. Of course, companies should provide the time and support for the things that are aligned. Uh, but actually, individuals should should not just be looking at the communities of practice within the, the the company. They should be looking at communities of practice outside in the industry as well. And that has a benefit both for the individual and the organization and those communities in the industry as well. All three. But, but, became, but becomes a little bit more tangible, right? So, for example, I understand, for example, let's say the company is focused in one type of business or one type of technology or product or whatever. And then your internal communities of practice, they go a little bit beyond one or two mm -hmm. spheres beyond what you do. But it cannot be completed to a new level mm -hmm. while you are using company time and, mon and company money to do that when that is not a, a strong case. You see what I'm saying? Because then it's difficult to justify that. Unless it is by design, the company says, but that comes to, to the other topic that Jose brought in. Say maybe we could have dedicated time to explore different things that we might decide to invest and we have a labs. But, but that becomes a company strategy as well. This is what I'm trying to say. No, I, I agree. I mean, in order for something like a community of practice to to really take on, it requires support and it requires, uh, to some extent, for it to find its place in the organization. And that includes, you know, strategic place, right? Like if, if, there, if it's not contributing, um, chances are, it will be very hard to to make it stick and to to really get the the support that it needs. No, um, and and I feel there are a few ways that that can happen, right? Like there, well, you you talked about innovation, right? Like having the community of practice as a way to you know try out new things, maybe cross pollinate from the industry and spread that internally. You know, there's the knowledge sharing aspect. Uh, as well there is the tackling hard problems right like we all are part of this thing we all have kind of the same problems like how do we solve them right all of those things add value to the organization and they're in, in many cases they're really easy to quantify right like the how much value is it did we implement this yes or no is it providing the results that that we wanted so there is a case to be made uh, around those things no and uh, to to your point, Sandra, where you know you were saying, you know, it, as a professional, should I, I? I agree. You know, you should take ownership of your own uh, development. Uh, it makes it easier if you if you also have you know the the space to do it, right? And when all of those things are aligned, you you get a very good. Uh, result right like you, if you have people that are motivated to learn and they're driven to to uh, improve and to do things and you have a, an organization that is able to recognize the value in that yeah and to make it work towards you know a strategic objective then you know the 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 sky is the limit no so to speak i, I think in an for an organization it's absolutely essential that you nurture this kind of attitude or behaviors in people, right? Uh, we've been to organizations where you think it's kind of stuck in a time war. You know, people are there, they're kind of working, but because there is no internal or external community or kind of that sharing of knowledge, they're constantly working on what that what needs to be done. And acquisition of knowledge beyond that is not really valued by the organization and also turns people into kind of this, you know, automatons, you know, they, that they, they come, they do a job and they, and they, they go away, but they're not really learning. They're not growing in there. And in fact, as an organization, if you can instill this mindset for learning, then the conversations about, you know, I don't want to learn in my own time kind of go away because actually it becomes integrated into the into the person, so so they are more inclined to to learn outside the bounds of work as well. But of course, in order to create that kind of mindset from within a particular organization, you, you as an as an organization you need to invest. You need to invest in into that kind of culture, right? And you need to be 
you need to help them kind of move or you need to encourage those kind of behaviors where people are learning, right? Because often that learning means that they're, they're not directly contributing to the next feature, right? And this could be difficult for, for organizations because then there is investment for the organization. But actually what that creates is a reinforcing loop where when you are uh, investing in your people to learn, the people are more invested to learn. And they then start not thinking about just the work as the place to learn, but also uh, outside work as well. I think that it, it is, I can certainly see that. I just don't see it happening everywhere. Of course, there is always exceptions. I, I accept that as well. But but there are there is just as much as a company can do. This is another aspect that I wanted to put it in here, right? I just want you to be very clear. I think that like ideally, uh, the company should find that alignment. So I don't think that I I personally think that company should create some space for people to learn, but that learning should be aligned to the what the company needs to do. Right, so that's why the company, so it's, it becomes an investment for the company and it's aligned, aligned with the investment for people. But if people want to make a different investment in terms of people end up becoming a bit limited to what the boundaries that the company is willing to, 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 to create, right? So if they want to go beyond than that, they should do that individually. Because I can only speak for myself. This is, a, because this is what's at the heart of the craftsmanship, right? Is take ownership. If you want to learn, buy your own books, invest your time, is your you don't be limited by what your company is offering, but also, and be thankful for the, the companies that are also creating that space. And on the other hand, companies should be smart in creating those environments because the better their people are, the better they will be as a company. There is no doubt. So I understand that they copy, but, but I think that is separate. There is an individual responsibility and there is a company investment. And it's great when they are both aligned but for example, in, in more in practice, I think that is also, I don't think that it's just creating the environment is enough because there, there is, uh, like I've seen in, in organizations where we actually created communities of practice, we, where formally that space was created, like every two hours, every whatever, Friday or Monday or whatever that was, that space was there so people could come in and join in the, the, the events, the learning space, and so on and so forth. And how often, uh, I don't know, like the, the two of you, but people listening, but the struggle that was to bring people in. And, and it's not because most of them had big deadlines. Of course, there were exceptional cases where people had big deadlines and they could not come in. But quite often, people, some people would not just not come. We can also address why they would not come. But there is, uh, an, for me, like there is a type of person, like for example, you find a lot of them in technical communities. They will learn regardless if people create a space for them or not. So if you hire that kind of people, then you are in the best of the both worlds because then they will learn regardless. It's in them. It's innate in them. They, they are curious. They want to learn. They like what they do. It's not just a job. And then when the company creates a space with these kind of people in the company, that's when the, that's when it thrives. Yeah, that's what I mean by a reinforcing loop. It works the other way around as well. So you get people that are really curious and already motivated to learn. And when the company actually is helping them, and I, I totally agree, by the way, that, you know, the company is a business. At the end of the day, they should be investing in the skills uh, uh, and knowledge that's relevant. There is a wide spectrum of that, and we can talk about, you know, technical and softer skills as we sometimes we refer to them. Um, but so the, the, but if the, so for example, if the person was very enthusiastic and they wanted to learn, and let's say the company was actually didn't really value learning that much and they were only about the next feature and the pressure and all those kind of things. If the person doesn't have the good sense to kind of leave that company quickly enough, their motivation, their, their thirst for that learning will get kind of beaten down at some point to the point where, you know, equilibrium is kind of at the point where 
nobody wants to learn the organization doesn't want the individual to learn and individual doesn't want to run similarly if um, you know as you said the reinforcing loop where the person really wants to learn the organization is encouraging learning this is a great situation on the other hand if someone joins and let's say it's, in, it's happening in isolation the company is really um, uh, kind of promoting learning they can slowly bring that person out of that you know uh, kind of or, or the behavior that where they don't want to learn they can slowly try to bring out them and in fact within the company if there is a thriving culture of learning the kind of people who will come and thrive in there are the people who will want to learn and people and the, the kind of people who don't want to learn or not very interested will slowly want to or just not flourish within that environment right so that's that so it is a system in a way right so i i have a, a question now like okay so if i'm an organization that wants to instill a culture of learning what can i do so quite a few things and they have different types of degrees of investment and and, and different types of returns in terms of time and money so for example change your recruitment process straight away. So, so you, you know why I say that? It's because if you as a manager feel that your company is not learning, it's not only the process that is not there. That, that is far more to it, right? So make sure that you change the, the kind of people that you are also wanting to bring to your organization. If you bring people that, that are investing their time on learning themselves, that when, when the space is created, if it's not already created, they can benefit from that and spread that passion in there. So when they say that they, they want a culture of learning, normally they want far more than that. They want to change more multiple aspects of their, their, their culture and the ways of working and stuff. So you start bringing the people that will help you to get there and can ignite that learning. That's one thing that I would change straight away. Then you need a few champions as well. Also, you need to start small. Like I was discussing that with one uh, company. Sometimes the implementation is wrong. Some companies, they actually create this space. They have their community of practice. They have the, the time allocated, but it's just not working. It's not popular. One of the common mistake is to combine uh, the learning with work. Although we were talking about investment in here, it, it is slightly different. One thing is to use that space directly for a feature, as Mesh was saying. For example, let's use our uh, learning time, our community of practice to refactor our code. See what I'm saying? I, I've seen people trying to do that, like, oh, let's, so that we could do mob programming in our existing code base. Yeah, you can, for some of them, if they want to do that, fine. But quite often they bind too closely the learning to the immediate work that they are doing. And this doesn't work. Another thing that they often, another mistake that they do is they try to manage that. Who is coming, who is not coming. And they try to make, to, to judge people by that. So there is a, a pressure from the company and a worse pressure is from the peers. If you don't come to the community of practice, you are not part of this group. So you end up creating a, a, a hostile environment so I mean, so it's almost like people feel pressured to be there, but they don't want to be there. So our recommendation is like, if you're going to create a space for learning, let it be a space for learning. Don't manage. Don't try to get people. Don't force people to do to go. Just make it very uh, enjoyable and always open to people to come. So, for example, for the people that didn't come that that session. Speak to them how cool that was. Not judging them for not coming because maybe they had a deadline. Maybe they were late some, with something or whatever else, right? So that, but they say, hey, shame you could not make this time. Like we are meeting again in two weeks time anyway or in next week and stuff. So whenever you, you feel like, come along. So make it, it needs to be a pleasure. This is, this is the, the, the recommendation I always give. If you want to create a space for learning that needs to be a pleasure. You cannot be have deadlines. You cannot be treated too seriously because we already have that pressure at work. We already have those deadlines, those commitments, that management. And and 
if it tries to apply the same, you're going to kill that initiative. I, I have conflicting feelings about that because uh, before you were saying, you know, the, the image that came to mind was Field of Dreams, you know, the Kevin Costner movie. Like, if you build it, they will come. Uh, yeah, thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's the, the guy just builds a stadium, right? Like, and, you know, people will come. In a cornfield. In yeah. a conference, exactly. So, so, um, so there is that aspect of people thinking that a community of practice to to thrive and to be successful doesn't need any management. Like it will just happen. You it, just it, need the right it, it ingredients. Was not, it, it was not what I meant. It was no, not no. I, I understand. No, no. There is the management of the community of practice. What what I meant was like, of course, you need to manage the the the, the running of the community, make sure it works and stuff. So that is the management of the community to exist and, and to to have the sessions and stuff. What we should not bind that to is to performance reviews, for example, is to to some strong expectation, because I haven't seen in all those years uh, initiatives like that. That would bring the entire company in. I think you should you should be happy if you got twenty percent of your people actively participating. That's for me already a massive success. But that's a different thing because, uh, for instance, I also have a, an issue with that because I understand that you know you should not I don't know judge performance whether you you know whether you went to the community of practice or not. But what about the people who do? What about the people who are motivated and, and be you know are contributing? That should also be recognized by the organization as well. Well, but, but so, that's not why so, they're there for, right? But, they, yeah. They're not there to, to get like a a a, a point. A yeah, in, 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 in the, the next pay rise. Of I, promotion. I, I, it, I agree. It would be it would be recognized in a different way because you know the 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 by the knowledge that they are acquiring. Yeah, exactly. The knowledge that they are acquiring, the skills that they are acquiring will help them thrive in the work that they, they, they do. And they will be recognized in that way. But that's not, that's indirect. That's not directly related to them attending that community. I, I yeah, agree. both, like the, the, the knowledge that they acquire and apply, but also the knowledge that they share with their people. Like for example, if there are people that are very active and they are sharing the knowledge with their people, they, are, they themselves individually are making the organization better. So yeah. that is a recognition in there as well. Yeah, there is more, more or less, more or less. So I agree. Yeah. So this is not about uh, collecting stars and badges, right? Uh, that's that's not uh, the point I was uh, I was trying to make. That is that can be in itself detrimental, right, to what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, but there needs to be uh, a recognition, either direct or indirect. Yeah, but it needs to be there because that is part of that. Like it. Again, going back to, you know, in order for a community of practice to thrive and so on, it needs to be connected to strategic objectives and all of that. So it, it needs to be recognized by the organization at some level, yeah, as no, something good and, and uh, you know, rewarded in that sense, right? No, so, but, uh, so, sorry, Jose, I, I think I, I disagree with that because I think, yes, it needs to be recognized by the organization in terms of providing the su support and regarding it well as a community right mm -hmm. uh, and providing the 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 help it needs right but not rewarding the individuals because the individuals should be rewarded by the community itself because we're talking about this community element right and it's about this social community that you are creating where people are supporting each other and learning from each other and that in itself is the reward and that should be the reward. That's the intrinsic reward. If the company at some point starts coming into individuals and say, well, well done for organizing X number of events for the community or speaking at the conference, at the at the community things, that's not, that's I, not. I would yeah. say, I, I don't agree. I don't agree. Like coming to someone and saying, hey, good job for, you know, keeping this thing alive. I don't think that's a bad Maybe thing. Maybe that's, that's good that's, that's, no. that's, I agree. That's, that's actually a reward. But that's not, that's not a no, reward, but, right? But that's, that's not a that's reward. A, that, yeah. that is. That is. that For me, that okay. is a reward. Okay. If that's that what you mean by reward, then maybe we agree. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. So, so, so if we're talking about like feedback that you give to reinforce the behavior and say like, you know what, like we as a company recognize that this is, Okay, so that's a different that, story. That's what I mean. It, it doesn't mean a monetary reward. It doesn't mean okay. status. Okay. It doesn't mean, like, it doesn't have to mean that, right? It uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Again, what I'm trying to say is 
we miss out on opportunities to recognize and value and you know do all of these things and um they don't necessarily need to be tied up to a monetary reward or, or something like that right and that also keeps so that encouragement i think is part of keeping the community alive and it happens at oh, every level it happens at the you know like if someone is like uh, taking a step forward in the you know like in the core group like really like moving things forward it happens at that level but it should also happen at, at within the circles of, of that no like it when someone comes in and maybe they don't come every session but they prepare a a, a workshop and people you know I, I feel like that should also be rewarded, right? Whether you rewarded, you know, well, wrong or not, or you, or you. Yeah, just just to be clear, because I think that the word rewarded uh, or rewarding someone is what's creating the the misalignment here. Yeah. Because like there is a difference between rewarded and rec recognized, or maybe like or uh, even encouraging. Encourage it uh, exactly. So, because for example, the way I see it, like the company, if the company decides to create a space. From a company perspective, that is a that's that's an investment, right? So I'm going to create a space where our people can learn, get better at what they do, discover new things, and we'll be a better company because of that uh, investment in there. And, and because we made that decision, as any other company initiative, being the projects, being whatever, when people are doing well, because you plan for those things, you are in investing money in the projects in the in everything you do and every time that those things are going well and people are performing well you want you to re, to to recognize them and to encourage them so you know what you were, you were gonna no, say I reward would, eh? I, would, I would say rewarded because of the word was in my head but there is a difference between <laughs> uh for example uh because for example because you did that then uh and you you had 72 of attendance no. in our in no, our no, I, 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 I agree that's that's the that's the wrong way to go about that right mm -hmm. so yes it is about recognition it's about encouragement it's about a publicizing success right because there is a, a there is an aspect there of you know giving visibility to to things that are being achieved and and so on and those again don't they they are uh things that uh from my from my perspective they're easy to do and they work uh in a healthy way towards incentivizing people to uh to 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 express those behaviors yeah uh, um no. yeah sorry sorry Jose, I was, uh, when you talk about incentives um people outside the organization also organize communities right we ourselves have been doing that as well And what incentivized us to do it, right? It's not the the uh, recognition from the company, but I was more thinking that there is a, you know, when we were organizing and there was a smaller group within the community that was the organizers, right? And there was a camaraderie friendship and this group was quite dynamic. People were coming in and going out as they were, you know, they had more time, they were helping more as they, They were they were busy. They were not, but also there was this kind of this group was were friends, and they people found created these friendships, and other people who who wanted to come and organize, they wanted to be also be part of that friendship circle, and they could do that by helping organizing the community. Then there was also this internal kudos within the community. If you were one of the organizers. You you know other people look look to you and you know they appreciate it and at the end of you know each session you ran everyone clapped and you were happy that you ran it the discussions that happened within it not uh, kind of gave you a kind of almost like a social reward as well as well as kind of gain in 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 knowledge so so there are that's what I mean there are many rewards that are actually inherent within the community itself now the trick is. Can you create that kind of community in a, inside the organization? Yeah, th this this is where I would get you because uh, th this is what, I, what the point that I was trying to make before. Uh, I've seen uh, different type over all those years. I've seen many different types of initiatives like like that in different companies and stuff. The ones that normally survived, at least for a little bit longer than others, 
they were because the people had that in them. It was less for the, the effort of the company and more for the effort of the people. And I'll give you a very concrete example. When we were at uh, an investment bank, Mash and I, this thing about community of practice and stuff did not exist. They were all about business and we worked like very long hours, right? So going to the manager and say, hey, we want two hours every two weeks or every week or stuff, it was a no, right? So then we had a different impact because when people say, I don't have time outside working hours, I, I can understand that different people have different personal lives and stuff, but everyone has a lunchtime, right? And this is what I had. This is what we had in our department. We had lunchtime and you know how we started. We, I bought a copy of the seven languages in seven weeks book. And I was excited because I wanted to learn different languages and different paradigms. And then I remember telling a few people and say, look, every Wednesday, I booked that meeting room over there and I will be there going through the languages. And that's all I've done. In the first uh, week that I announced that, I had three people coming. And then what happened? I didn't have to ask authorization for a manager. I didn't ask anything for the project or the company or anything. Like I bought the book, I booked the meeting room, and I spent one hour every week learning a new language, right? So the first time, three people, what we did, because we were excited about learning Ruby back then, I even remember which language was the first. Uh, we were all Java, learning Ruby, dynamic and different. So we were excited. We started talking about that in the coffee breaks at lunchtime and stuff. And then other members of the team got excited. What happened on the following Wednesday? We had six or seven people. And at some point we had 12. So, and, and one thing that happened was my manager, he started, he, he, he was walking around, so like, what are you guys doing in this meeting room? So yeah, we bought the copy of this book and we are learning these using language. company resources. No, on the contrary, <laughs> on the contrary. He saw us every week because we, we tell it. So no, every Wednesday we, we, we come here and we learn. And he said, oh, that's very cool and stuff. And then he went out and then we had a chat. But he saw the desire that people had. If they had the time, the desire that they had to learn. And with that in mind, I was able to make a case to have a two hour every two weeks where we, we halved. It was half company time. Mesh might remember that. Half company time, half personal mm -hmm. time. Our yeah. time was officially was nine to five. No one finished at five. Everyone finished at seven anyway. But like we said, okay, you know what? Our community of practice will go from four to six. One hour company time, one hour personal time. And that was a good thing. And all of a sudden, we have a, a thriving community for a few years there until we left and so on and so forth. But, but what I'm trying to say is that that was driven by the people with very little effort or support from the company. And we had a thriving ones. And the ones that I've seen driven from the top, from the managers, like, okay, I want my people to learn. From now on, you have two hours every two weeks. They died in two weeks. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's there's lots of uh, pitfalls uh, that that can happen, right? Like uh, you, you know, having a let's say a, a skilled uh, facilitator, uh, someone who can actually uh, incentivize people to like do something like this is is essential from my point of view, and it's also a pitfall because a lot of the times what I've seen is a community is dying because the one person that was kind of like pushing everything forward suddenly you know has a kid and <laughs> disappears from the uh, from the face of the planet no um and uh, the you know that's that's one aspect another aspect is about a uh, as i mentioned there there needs to be a combination of the um uh, you know the the practice the the community and you know learning about the the specific domain no and especially the community aspect i feel a lot of the time is missing right like creating those connections and you know when when we started you know the the software craftsmanship community here in in spain or you know the the agile community and so on a lot of these people like 
yes, we were learning together and all of that. But after the event, we would go and have beers, right? Or we would go and just socialize and, and talk about our lives and, you know, like what we were doing and, you know, like that kind of stuff is not related to work. It's not related to the domain, but it brings that thing together. Right. And, and, and they talk actually when they are when they're having drinks or or coffee or whatever that that's when they start they're still talking about the the stuff that they learn yeah right? exactly. and they are learning those are informal conversations but they are actually very valuable and and maybe this is what's missing right often uh, in the community events within the organization they're usually in in the middle right in between. Um, I remember, like when we were, I was at UBS, we also used to have this event called Code and Coffee, right? Where we would get up really early to get to a, a coffee shop for for seven a.m. So we could spend a couple of hours with our with our friends talking about work, talking about code, right? And maybe that's what's missing because often in the in the work setting, you have a an hour, two hour, you know. You, you do the event and you get back to work and there's no no kind of time to to uh, socialize socialize yeah. yeah 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 this is what I feel that uh, sometimes a lot of people are asking oh the company needs to do this the company needs to do that but they themselves are not putting the effort and, and it doesn't take much as I said there are tons of different ways for you to drive a, a, a a like uh, ways for you to learn within working hours that is not expensive. Lunch time, breaks, starting a little bit earlier. So those are just things. That, and the advantage of doing things, I'll get to the company as well. But like, uh, but those are things that the advantage of you driving the change, you as an individual, as a professional, choosing those slots that you have, the lunch time, the the before work or stuff, is because you control what you learn. And you have a much bigger case because once you show that there is a group of people that is already doing that, it's much easier to make a case with your manager, with your company, and say, look, we are already doing that. Like, why don't you we meet halfway? It's an easier case. But then there is the company side as well. That it's so easy to do certain things. Again, it's an hour here. Like... Uh, there are book clubs. There is. Uh, there are even things we talked about. Community of practice. Those are the most common things, right? Community of practice. Sometimes book clubs, or uh, and the community of practice can have different types of sessions, as we discussed as well. So, for example, you you are there to practice, and practice might be a discussion, a group. You don't need like to have a mistake is to always have someone that is the person with the knowledge that you come and talk at people. So, yeah. so this doesn't work well. So the community of practice should be, Mesh was mentioning that earlier on today, uh, that the community of practice, as in uh, the, the technical communities outside, we go there to discuss, to work together, to, to pair, or to pick a topic and as a group Interact, discuss. basically, yeah. Exactly. And this, need, this is what needs to be replicated because that's what gives us pleasure to keep going back in there and not just to all watch someone talking about. But there are... A few other things that can also be done. For example, uh, people can switch projects for one iteration. So mainly when you have people working on the same systems, right? A, a, a company is, is uh, I don't know, building a, a product. So doing swaps across teams, that's another way that, that you can uh, promote some learning, right? So. And then there are the de dedicated programs. If companies want to adopt a specific technology or some stuff, then create a track just for that, right? Yeah. But but then the more the, the the I think that the message I want to say is the more the company is responsible for providing the environment, the more the company controls what individuals needs to learn. So you as an individual, if you find the right time and balance, you have far more control in what you learn, and that's the balance that you need to to understand from a company perspective is an investment and, and smart companies will make that investment. Smart companies will actually align the yes. individual with the, um, with the organization's goals, right? There but is, as an individual, you need to drive. Yeah. Uh, there, need there's to drive. one aspect that you just mentioned because it is an investment, right? And as an investment, 
a, uh, another thing that usually happens is that there is no record of what happened or what those learnings were and, and that kind of stuff. And I feel like that's another pitfall that people tend to fall into, right? Like mm -hmm. you do this great session and I don't know, if it's a talk, nobody records it. If it's a workshop, there is no kind of, you know, note-taking, if you will, no, of, of the learnings. If it's, and then, in some cases, if there is, it's really hard to find later on, no? or it's really like to uh, difficult to to take out and and uh, and use, right? And I feel that's one of those things that is important because you're not making a, an ephemeral uh, investment, right? It's something that uh, can last and can definitely, uh, you know, multiply you know, the the value of of what it is. So if you're giving a talk, no. Why does it have to be that day when you gave the talk, right? Like the, you, you can record that and have it and, you know, people who join the company later or who maybe got interested in the subject later, whatever, they will have all of that there, right? It's yeah. that intellectual capital and making sure that that gets aligned, that, that gets, let's say, registered with the, uh, with the, you know, information systems no, that, that you have in place, uh, that is also quite important if you want to very, very value. Point. Yeah. yeah, especially for an organization, bringing that out, kind of creating that hist historical artifact, allowing people to go back to it is, is essential. Yeah. There, uh, we are running out of time, and Jose has a, uh, apparently a, a very nice chicken in the oven that should be ready <laughs> at any minute right now. So, so there are just two things that I want to throw in very, very quickly. Uh, there are also a few tips in for communities of, or like for I'll call it community of practice because that's probably what we all understand better uh, to thrive. It needs to be re repet uh, repetitive, not repetitive. Is it the, the, the word repetitive? Had, had, like had a cadence. It needs to be a very well-defined cadence. People need to know that every other Tuesday at 2 o'clock in room A, that will be blocked for the community practice, right? So they need to know when it happens because then each individual sh can plan themselves to, to attend, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's one thing. It needs to be inclusive, inclusive in terms of pick topics, pick things that are easy for people to join. So that, that's what I mean by inclusive. Don't, don't pick topics that are very niche and maybe just a few individuals are interested because otherwise you just have those few individuals in there, right? So always make topics that are more generic so people can always join whenever they feel like. Don't uh, judge. Whoever welcome is the right people, uh, whoever comes is the right people and whoever could not come, they are always welcome to come whenever they are free, right? So don't judge who comes and who doesn't. Just makes always there, people feel comfortable. Those are a few tips for me to, uh, just some tips. There are another other thing that I would like just to very quickly add, because I'm a bit concerned of time, is there are a few blocks as well for a culture of learning. Is you cannot, think about a culture of learning if you if your house is always on fire right so for example if your team is always pressured for deadlines people always have a gun in their neck and say hey i want the new feature new feature if that's the kind of environment they are working there's no way that they can create space for learning so you need to have sustainable pace you need to have a more uh you need to create time for that Right, so so that people feel comfortable because, as I was saying, even in companies where I saw where they created official times for people to join, people from certain projects would never join because in their projects their house was always on fire. So so you need to sort out. There are some basic, there are some foundations that needs to be in place so that a culture of learning could thrive. So I just wanted to share. I don't know if you guys have a few other uh, tips for. Yeah. From my point of view, it's well, you know, remember that it's a community. Create that community feel, create that place where people can come and support each other or where they can gather support from. Um, make it interactive as much as you can and, and provide a social element. Mm -hmm. Any final words from you, Jose? Uh, I have a question. 
Okay. Do you think this fireside chat things are the start maybe of a community? Hmm. What do what do wow. you mean by that? Expand, expand, so I, <laughs> expand, so so that I understand what what you are asking. Wait, I need to add more time to the thing, or it's gonna ring. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, no. If if we look at this, we have the social aspect, right? We have the domain, which could be pretty generic. If you look at it, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, right, and there's the, the there's a, a you know practice aspect to it as well, right? Like we're all you know taking from each other's experiences and and all that stuff, and and I feel like maybe the people that are listening to this as well, uh, you know, they may be taking it not as interactive, right? But it, I'm sure they're also part all, of this community. They're, they're yeah. also part of the of that community, no, to to a different level. So yeah, is is it's more like a question mark, no? That now yeah, that we're it's, talking about, it's a very good question, actually. I mean, the three of us can are part of that community, and people listening to us are also. So well, why why don't we ask people? Like for example, if you are listening to this and you would like to have this live, for example, where you could interact with us and then ask questions, maybe even join in and. And stuff. So leave on the comments and see. Like maybe people, we could run a poll or just put on the comments if you would like to interact. And we have a live session. And yeah, we can we know. can do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, good idea. Okay, excellent. So let's wrap up for today, so Jose can have his nice chicken. Yes. What <laughs> <laughs> burns in the oven, right? <laughs> okay. Well, if you like this chat, as always, like. Give the thumbs up, write on the comments. If you want us to address any topic, want to discuss anything that you are interested, let us know and we'll do our best to address that. Thank you very much, guys. Speak soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye.